0: Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. Good afternoon, Rooftop. So good to be with you guys today. So one thing about um, being around Pastor Scott, Pastor Tavis, my office is directly below their office. They're on the second floor, I'm on the first floor. And so every week I can hear um, Pastor Tavis getting ready for worship, I can hear him playing and I can hear Pastor Scott if he sneezes, <laughs> if, he, if he coughs. So we, we have fun um, hanging out and it's been so wonderful just to develop a relationship with you guys and i um, really blessed by your heart for this community and for Rooftop. So thank you for having me. Um, a little bit about myself, I grew up here in Brea. My parents moved to Brea when I was two years old to plant North Hills to become the senior pastors of North Hills, and so um, this is my home here in Brea. And I, I still remember um, before we had this building, we met in the Curtis Theater, which is, you know, where the big Christmas tree is in Brea. It's right there at the Civic Center. And I remember exactly where I was sitting, I was in elementary school, and we had some missionaries come speak, and they were just sharing the hardships of their life living on an island, and their kids were not able to receive um, the medical care that they needed when they were born, and so they had to be helicoptered out. And by the time that they reached the hospital, there had been just severe damage done, and um, the son, who's my age, he's in a wheelchair today, and the daughter, they are both um, have disability and special needs, and I remember as a kid just having this like righteous anger, like just so upset, like God, like, why would you allow this to happen? These people are giving their lives um, in hard circumstances to serve you and to preach the gospel where it is not known. Why would you allow their kids to have these disabilities? And I remember just as a kid sitting there, and for the first time, God speaking to my heart, At Jocelyn, I'm calling you to that someday. I'm calling you to that sacrifice someday. And so, isn't it beautiful how God speaks to children, how God speaks to youth? And, um, You know, growing up, I always had a heart for missions, and our church has been a very missional church, I'm sure you can tell. Walking the hallways with the continents and all the crosses from around the world, we love our missionaries. And as I was praying about where to go to school, I really felt God leading me to attend an Assemblies of God school in Springfield, Missouri. And growing up in Orange County, I had no desire to move to the Midwest. Moved somewhere where I didn't know anyone, but I knew that this was the door God was opening, and it allowed me to um, get a degree in intercultural studies, um, biblical studies, and prepare for serving overseas. And I, I didn't really have that defining moment of you know God speaking to me, this is where I'm calling you, but I had a professor who just, he had a huge heart for Asia, and he led trips every single year called Serve Asia. And so, for four years, he had been um, inviting me to come to Thailand, and I always had something. I I ran on the cross-country team, and I was in choir, so breaks were always packed with a busy schedule. And finally, my senior year, I said, okay, I'll go, sign me up. So that was really my first exposure to um, living overseas and living in Thailand. And then that was followed by um, getting to go to China and um, eventually back to Thailand and the Philippines. So God has really just um, directed my steps um, to the Philippines and getting to work with just amazing people. Um, And I I love just um, the Church of God everywhere that you go and the amazing, amazing people and relationships that you get to develop when you live in a context that is not your own. So I'm currently itinerating. Um, I got commissioned this past summer as a missionary with the Assemblies of God. I'm a credentialed minister with the Assemblies of God and um, love being part of such a rich denomination that loves missions, that loves the world. And my goal, um, my hope, um, is to be able to return to the Philippines end of January So um, be praying for me as I am applying for my visa right now. And, you know, the world is a crazy place and it's hard to travel, it's hard to get visas. Um, I remember just anytime I tell anyone what I'm doing, they're just like, wait, you're leaving in a pandemic to like go live in a country that, you know, you might not have good medical access. And it's like, yeah. That's what God's telling me to do. So, um, yeah, I would appreciate your prayers, so thank you. Um, have you ever wondered, who is your neighbor? The passage that we are going to look at today is a well-known parable of Jesus. I'd like for you to read along with me in Luke 10, 30 through 37. So, a lawyer once asked Jesus, "Who?" is my neighbor. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down on the same road, and when they saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, And took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins, gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So I've, I've heard this story so many times as I'm sure many of you are familiar with this parable. But for the first time in my life, I identify with somebody that I've never really f- thought much about. In 2019, I was engaged to the person that I thought I was gonna marry, um, the person that I loved, my best friend. And we were on staff together here at North Hills. He was our worship and youth pastor. And our relationship was unique because we got to do ministry together and work together. And um, so we got engaged. And I would say after our engagement is when the wheels started coming off the bus. It became a very um, toxic and unhealthy relationship but I had felt since I had stood before family and friends and had committed and said yes, that I needed to stay in the relationship. And so we were going to counseling. We were working through um, some really difficult things, Um, but things weren't getting better. And I just want to say to you, um, and I know you guys are all um, lovers of Jesus and church people, But love is not controlling and manipulative. Love is not easily angered or jealous. And I don't know if any of you find yourselves in an unhealthy relationship or a relationship where you know it's not honoring to Christ. I'm just, um, I've been there and I just would be praying that you have the strength to leave. But thankfully, um, God showed me mercy. He ended up abruptly resigning from the church, and um, a few weeks later, he moved out of state, and I was left picking up the pieces, questioning everything, questioning God, like, "How how did I find myself in this place? And for the first time in my life, I felt like the man in this story who was all beat up left half dead on the side of the road. And many of you know this pain all too well. The pandemic has been a really tough season for all of us. Maybe you've lost someone that you loved. Maybe you felt isolated during this time. We've all experienced what it is to be the man on the side of the road who's just beat up and there's no way you can Pick yourself up on your own. And there I was in my pain, and because I stayed and he left, I had to deal with all the questions and the judgment of the religious that walked by me, and said, Jocelyn, why couldn't you make it work? Jocelyn, we loved him. He was our favorite worship pastor. We really miss him. And there I was, unsure of my future, unsure of how I would move forward from this point, this low moment in my life. And it was in this low place where I got an invitation to attend a conference in Ireland by people that I didn't even have a relationship with. But this couple, they were actually missionaries serving in Ireland, and they heard God speak to them to, for me to fly over and that I, sh- I needed to be at this conference, that God spoke to them and it was just very clear, Jocelyn, you're coming. And so I said yes. And the amazing thing about this invitation, the kindness that they showed me, was that they paid all my expenses when I got there. And so here I am in Ireland. It's the first night of the conference. And um, I, I don't really remember what the speaker shared but he had an altar call just a time where he opened things up and said come forward if you want to pray and so i i went forward i was so broken and just crying out to god like god just touch me heal me speak to me you know you've brought me here and like i'm ready to receive and so as i'm there at the altar praying a woman walks up to me and she says, I don't know you, you don't know me, but I've been sitting right there and God's been speaking to me about you. And I have a prophetic word for you. And this woman who didn't know anything about me just began to read my mail saying that, that what had happened was for my good and it was actually God's love and mercy on my life that this had happened and that he had brought me all the way across um, to another country, all the way across the world to tell me this. And she gave me this verse in Hosea that I want to read to you guys. She spoke Hosea chapter 2, verse 14. Therefore, I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the desert and will speak tenderly to her. There I will give her back her vineyards and will make the valley of Achor a door of hope. There she will sing as in the days of her youth, as in the day that she came up out of Egypt. In that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. You will no longer call me my master. And so this woman just begins to speak life over me. And she says, the Lord is your husband and he's taking care of you. And he has a good plan for you. And you don't need someone else to direct your path. And so here I was, um, being so cared for and ministered to in such a personal way. And had it happened here, I would have known that that person knew my situation. But this woman couldn't have possibly known what I had gone through and all I could explain it is that I felt supernatural healing from the Lord. It was like I came one way, and then I left a completely different way. I felt whole, and like God had restored my heart. And, I, and for the first time, I felt hope for the future. Like God, was, God had good plans for me, and he was gonna use me. I was shown mercy. Then a few months later, um, December 4th, 2019, two years ago yesterday, I drove up to my house on my lunch break to let my dog out, and I could see smoke coming out of my house. And I realized my house was on fire. 911 was called, the fire trucks all showed up and they were able to prevent the fire from spreading to our neighbors, but our house was completely destroyed. And as you can see in the photo, this is what um, we came back to. Everything gone, completely destroyed. You give and take away my heart will choose to say lord blessed be your name one of the miracles that came out of this fire was um, this bible that i'm holding and this isn't just any bible this bible um, when i was thinking about what i had lost and um, immediately i thought of this bible and it's because my grandma She gave me this Bible and it took her several years to read it and she actually read through the entire Bible for me, wrote on every page with my name in the margins, with little notes to me. And she gave it to me before she passed away. And so I just felt sick thinking that I had lost um, this gift from her. And when we walked in to inspect the house and to kind of look at what, what was left, this Bible was completely intact. And the fire inspector said, you know, this isn't the first time where I've um, shown up at a house fire where the Bible remained. And I just think, um, what a powerful testimony. I want to read you guys something that my grandma wrote in here. And this was in 2005. There are times when our walk with God is not what it should be, but God loves us and will use events and troubles to draw us back to the path of God for us. How great is our God. To me, it's just a perfect illustration that the word of God is eternal. Everything else is temporary. Our possessions, everything in our houses, it can all be taken away in an instant. But this is the only thing that is eternal. And so church, are you investing your time and your life and your resources into the kingdom of God? Or are you investing it into things that will be gone, that they're just temporary? And to me, this is what I take away from the fire, is that everything passes away, but our, our heritage in the Lord and the kingdom of God is what remains. This is what we take with us. I wouldn't wish what we went through on anyone, but I would say I never felt more loved in my life than the response that we were shown by the community and by complete strangers. Just um, It was very humbling and very um, almost hard to receive that kind of outpouring. The city of Brea started a GoFundMe for our family. Um, I showed up at the gym and my coach had a whole bag of workout clothes for me saying, I didn't want you to have to miss a workout just because you don't have clothes anymore. And you know, often it was um, people that I didn't know and even people that I knew don't know the Lord and just the kindness that they showed me was very humbling and and made me almost feel convicted. Like, am I showing that kind of love and response to people um, that I don't know when when I'm a follower of Christ? Um, It was humbling just to receive that kind of love. I was shown mercy. So how is Jesus calling us to love our neighbor? And I would say, Until we see ourselves as this man who is beat up, bloodied, and laying on the side of the road, it's really hard to love your neighbor. And for a moment, I want us each to just picture that we're this man and that there's no way we're possibly able to pick ourselves up. There's no way that we can get ourselves up because that's how desperate we are. That's, that's our reality and we're laying there just hoping that someone's going to pass us by because we know that if they don't we're not getting up and at that moment we look up and we see Jesus walking towards us and he looks at us and all he does is he reaches down he helps us up he takes us to the nearest hotel, the nearest inn, he takes us, um, and he, he cares for all of our expenses. Let's say we don't have insurance. He pays our whole bill. And that's the kind of extravagant love that we receive from the Father. A father who reaches down, who humbles himself as God Almighty and who shows us love and compassion when we were still in our sin, we were dead in our sin, and there was no way we could get up. And it's out of that overflow of love, that's how we're able to go out and to forgive our enemies, to forgive those who have wronged us, to love our, our neighbor. Because if I'm being honest, I don't just wake up loving my enemies, loving my neighbor but when, I'm, when I spend my time in the Word, when I spend my time in worship, when I spend my time being filled up, I can only help but overflow love and gratitude and mercy and grace, especially on those who have never heard. And that's the posture that Jesus is challenging us. Are we spending time with the Father, with Jesus, or are we just running on empty and hoping that maybe we might do something nice for someone, or maybe we might get around to sharing the gospel eventually, you know, when we have time? Or are we being intentional about being filled up so we can overflow? Because there's a world out there that needs to see that kind of love and mercy and response from the church, not from people that don't know him but from those of us that do. I know that the Lord used this season in my life um, to prune me and to get me ready for what he had. My friend Elizabeth writes in her book, um, I read the book that she wrote during this time, and I was so encouraged by her words. She writes, I've been amazed to find how often it was during the time of deepest failures and disappointment." When I thought it was all over, God led me into greater intimacy and calling. There are times when God takes us by the hand. He leads us into the wilderness so he can give us more. It's not what we want. It's not what we prayed for. But ultimately, it's what's best for us. The Lord prunes, even in our obedience, for our good. When everything in my life was stripped away, in just a matter of months, I had lost my fiance, my house, all my possessions, my dog. And I found myself for the first time relating to Job. Just like, God, what else can you take from me? I've given you everything. And it was in this desert season that I became closer with Jesus, because he was all that I had. And during this season is when he started speaking to me about the plans that he had for me, and my calling to move overseas and go back to the Philippines. Last year, I was invited by career missionaries um, to join their team in the Philippines. And I I just knew that it was God um, because of the timing and how everything worked out. And I was just so moved by their heart and what they're doing that I wanted to be a part of it. So actually this last year um, has been very significant for our team because we've been praying um, for Filipino workers to rise up and to be sent out on the mission field. And this last year, um, about 40 people have been sent out into, there are 13 unreached tribes, and they have committed and given their life to go. And um, it's just humbling to be a part of um, what God is doing to reach the unreached and the people that have never heard. And just really exciting to be able to partner and to raise funds for these families that are willing I mean, they're going to, like, the most dangerous tribes um, where there's ISIS, where it's very um, heavy Muslim oppression, and they're saying, w- we'll go. Um, they, they go knowing that they're risking their lives. But it's amazing that all this has happened during a pandemic, during a time when, you know, the world is saying, stay home, you can't do ministry, and yet um, God's raising up people all over the world that are saying yes and that are going and that are using their mouth to proclaim um, the good news. So I, I get to be a part of um, just really exciting things that are happening, and also um, we have a school that is um, up north, it's in Baguio, and it's a seminary, As- Assemblies of God School, and we have about, um, I would say, 40 or 50 nations represented at the school from all over Asia um, Nepal, Laos, Thailand, um, the underground church in China—that come and study there and receive training, so then they can be sent out and go back to their country, and you know, be the first witness of a Bible-believing church where they live. So it's it's you know kind of a unique approach to mission and to training those that feel called and want to go back to then um, start churches, start ministries, start Bible schools, and um, reaching, reaching those who've never had the opportunity. Um, one verse that has really challenged me lately, um, it's in Jeremiah 22. It says, verse 16, he defended the cause of the poor and needy, and so all went well. Is that not what it means to know me, declares the Lord. So I just want to end with this. Jesus is challenging us to care about a world that by us going, there's nothing that they can do for us but God is asking us to go and to love and to care for the poor and the needy and those that have never heard. And so I just want to um, invite the worship team to come back up, and I want to spend a few moments in prayer just um, responding to God's word, to what he's challenging us to do um, as followers of Christ. Um, I want to first pray for those of you um, that may be struggling with unforgiveness. Um, and I think this, this passage is challenging us to really um, forgive and to love our enemies because of the sacrifice and what Jesus has done for us. So, Lord, um, wherever we're sitting right now, wherever we, wherever we find ourselves, God, May we just be people that um, forgive and that love our enemies, God. Lord, may it start with me first, God. Lord, I admit that it's hard to look past the hurt and the things that have been done in our lives, God. But Lord, we um, we just lay that at your feet. And I just wanna challenge um, everyone here, just admit that to the Lord. Just admit that unforgiveness. He knows about it. And we can't hide anything from him. So just wherever you're sitting, just admit um, any struggle that you've had lately with just loving your enemy, loving your neighbor, and just lay it down. Lord, I just pray for breakthrough all over this place, God. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and minister to hearts. Lord, I pray for healing in the name of Jesus, just strongholds of unforgiveness, of bitterness in our hearts, where maybe like the lawyer we feel justified because we're right. But God, you're saying there's a better way because you forgave us, God, and you command us to forgive others. And secondly, I wanna pray for those who feel challenged um, by this word to do more for the sake of the gospel. Lord, I pray that you would give us a heart for the nations, God. I pray that you would make us missional people, God, that don't just care about ourselves, that care about our family, but God, that care about your people, Lord. Lord, break our heart for what breaks yours. Lord, you care about these unreached tribes in the Philippines. You care about those who have never heard your name. May we be people who are intentional about praying for the lost. And Lord, use us each in the place that you have us, God. Whatever, wherever our job is wherever we live God may we be just light in darkness really challenge us God to um, care about those around us to actually stop and consider the needs of others Lord, we just pray for our community around us, God. We pray for Brea, we pray for Orange County. Lord, just um, use us, God, as the church, Lord. Use us, Father, to uh, minister to the needs around us. Lord, I just pray for revival, God, in this place. Lord, I pray that people would um, come to this building, Lord, and receive you. I pray that you would use Rooftop Church, God, to be a light in the darkness. Lord, continue to just um, speak to each heart here about what you're calling them to do. Lord, you care so much for those who have been neglected and lost. Use us, God. Break our heart, Lord. Use us.